comes on like a dream. Peaches and cream. Oh, I know that. Lips like strawberry wine. You're 16. So beautiful. Fuck, maybe I'm totally wrong. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> That's our intro. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> so um, we've made it, bro. We're the big time. We got invites to the festival launch this year. Like us. This is the special 2011 New Zealand International Film Festival brochure episode. So there's no spoiler warnings. We're going to rattle off. What are we doing? For those of you who usually listen, this is uh, Big Screen Auckland, BSA. I'm Nigel. And Corey. We usually give a spoiler warning, then review some shit. We often know what films we're talking about first, whereas this time... We got the new brochure and we're just going to have a gush. Yeah, about what stood out on the page. So we haven't dived in deep. Nigel, as always, is a slightly more rehearsed than me, having watched some trailers and also spending his life dedicated to learning about movies. So, of course he knows more. Anyway, yeah, man, how cool was it getting an invite to the launch, right? Fucking yay Absolutely. to the uh, organisers for throwing us a bone. That was we're getting cool. somewhere, man. It was good. And we needed to go because we saw a film there, Medianeris. I'm calling it Medianeris because I think median means like dividing wall and that's what it was meant to mean. I was thinking like median, like that stripped out gotcha. the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they let us go to the festival launch and we saw Medianeris, which is an Argentinian, well, they called it a rom-com. Anyway, I certainly wouldn't have gone to see it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it, but when I read up about it, that would never have jumped out at me. I mean, it sounded fine, but I would have picked 50 before that one. Yeah. But if that was their intention to make people like us see something we wouldn't have usually, job well done, because fuck, it was awesome. Yeah, it was very, very, very good. It didn't sound interesting in the brochure. Yeah, it's hard to sell. It's we, hard to sell. It's... We could try and sell it now. A guy and a girl that don't know each other that live in the same city in different weird apartment blocks that both have a thing about. Sounds terrible. No, it's really cool and quirky. Just the right sort of quirk. But anyway, that's what we've already seen, so that's an easy recommend. That's Medianeris. Listen to this episode with the brochure in front of you and thumb through it faster than we're talking, and you can read along. <laughs> oh, we should have prepared a sound. A little wand sound. Oh, man. I used to have one of those books, Garfield in Space, and it would have like a ding and you would turn the page. Uh, My sister would laugh if I quoted it, but I'm not going to. She can suck it up and say she pulled a cat without me. When they so you had Garfield, I had Spider-Man and Incredible Hulk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so the brochure, we've got... Like it's a sexy brochure. Yeah, it is. They do a good job. I've been at the Melbourne Film Fest for the last few years, and they do theirs on newsprint, and they squeeze all these things in. A lot of things hardly even get a write-up. They get, like, two sentences. Coming back to New Zealand and seeing the fucking effort they put into their brochures. Full it's colour. It's just great hanging out, reading this. It's like the world's best magazine. Yeah. Yeah, it's about, what, 140, 150 features? Yeah, yeah, about that. I've seen a couple of full lists and that's 139 sort of thing. <laughs> sort of exactly 139. I made that up actually, I've got no idea. 140, 150 features. I've gone through and ticked the ones I like. I've managed to squeeze it down to about half. <laughs> You're brutal. Brutal. Well, so we'll go through a few of them that cats should maybe pay extra attention to. Did you know that if you use their post-in form, there's only room for 11 films? What's this brochure aimed at? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. I can't imagine many people spending more than 100 on this, Mr. 65. We should elaborate a little bit as well. These aren't what we think are the best. This is most anticipated. What I'm most excited about and what Corey's most excited about. Not what Corey's most excited about. What jumped out of the page at Corey because he heard about them earlier. Whereas there's things like some Korean gangster films in there that I'm very excited about because I know how they do them. But I don't know anything about it so I can't talk about it now. Just just in case someone listens to mine and goes, wow, he's really excited about... No, it jumped off the page at me. There's mm-hmm. a difference. I could maybe go the same with some of mine if we're only going to do a few. But there's some that I read in depth about. and Those are your rules. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, just elaborating, elaborating. I'm going to jump in first because I've got to get this out. I've really been excited about I Saw the Devil, Korean serial killer movie. And I've heard not the best things about it. I heard a review on Slash Film about it where it said it does the same thing as all the other Korean gangster films, but it's just amped up the violence.
performance and amped up the intensity so you know it's not that different they haven't really gone out on a limb or anything they sold it even more <laughs> that sounds awesome I think the fest has a good tradition of bringing good punchy violent Korean gangster films Bittersweet Life Dirty Carnival No Mercy for the Rude Breathless and so this is the new one fuck yeah Korean gangster films at the film fest that's where it's at. I'm looking forward to the first Lars von Trier film I've ever seen at the Film Fest. He's big. I was reading a list of what the old brochures are available, and it was like, oh, this year we've got a breakout, breaking the waves and shit like that. And it's like, wow, he's he's been punching for a decade, and he's still coming back with more. And this one, I think most people know Melancholy. It's the apocalypse end of the world drama or something, starring Kirsten Dunst and Jack Bauer, and directed by the weirdo Lars von Trier, who at Cannes said that he sympathizes with Hitler. I don't think he does, but what he does know how to do is get a hell of a lot of press for his films. Yeah. For a man that won't fly he does his best publishing just by creating a little bit of a storm but anyway the tray looked awesome did you see that electricity coming off yeah. that's why I'm going what's yeah. that about what's happening it looks good and it's like a, a planet that we didn't know was there because it's been hiding behind the sun I know what a simple premise S- suddenly starts coming towards the earth and maybe we're all going to die but then it's not like deep impact or Armageddon no, they, they don't send up rockets to push no, it out of the it, way this is just like so this is in the background here's the premise and now we get on with the drama stuff like yeah issues between sisters or something yeah that's great yeah it's also starring Charlotte Gainsbourg Berg. who we loved in Science of Sleep but she was the main girl who cut her clit off on uh, Antichrist. She's the Antichrist girl. Has anyone oh, ever gone back and worked with Von Trier again? Like Bjork never did another one. Nicole Kidman never did another one. What about Stellan Skarsgård or Peter Stormare? Don't they work with him constantly? Oh, sorry. Apparently he's pretty rough on the girls. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that. So to see a girl return for his very next one is pretty buzzy. Yeah. So that's that's an easy one to look forward to. Another one I want to chuck out there is uh, Take Shelter. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to get enough plugging, so I'm going to plug it some more. I saw Shotgun Stories, which was... Um, Fuck, I don't have the dude's name in front of me, but the guy who wrote and directed Shotgun Stories and cast Michael Shannon in the lead, small town thing about a feud between a trio of brothers. This is the same thing. Uh, another small town movie written and directed by the same guy starring Michael Shannon again. But this one is a bit not supernatural, but he can see apocalyptic weather that no one else can see. So he's building a storm shelter and everyone thinks he's crazy. Looks fucking incredible. Those two are very talented. I'm really excited for it. Take shelter. Yeah, yeah, that's a simple one. Here's one that we don't need to go on too much about, but they're bringing back Taxi Driver. Classic. I've got the Taxi Driver poster on my wall. Um, and snails are slowly eating through it it's in the garage and it's, it's actually you haven't seen it in a while it's Swiss cheese now it's gone medieval that shit's crazy <laughs> I remember watching Taxi Driver a couple of times at university as a thing to do and I haven't seen it in a good 15 years should be good. Have you seen it at all? On the big screen? No, I've never seen it on the big screen. I mean, mm. uh, you've seen it. Oh, yeah, three or four times. It's a real great movie. It's one of those movies that, back in the 70s, they were making those movies that just had a, a real magic about them that you couldn't put your finger on. Why was it so good? Like, if you tried to copy it now, it'd be embarrassing. There was just something about it which was just fucking incredible. Yeah. I'm going to jump in before you do about 13 Assassins. Yeah, go for it. When we interviewed Bill Gosden. He wouldn't cop up. That's the one you went for, though. I like that. All you cared about was at this fest, as long as they have 13 Assassins. Which has been out for the longest time already, almost. Yeah. It feels like. This is a um, Takashi Mika film, and he's already made another Samurai one since then. But I'm really keen to see it, because I haven't seen him do... I've seen most of his rugged ones, you know, like... Visitor Q and... I didn't see Visitor Q. Ichi the Killer, and I watched the Dead or Alive trilogy. I saw MPD Psycho, whatever it was called. 
Yeah, anyway, that's all fucked up shit. This is a, a straight-ahead samurai movie, so I'm really keen to see it. Yeah, for a director with so much vision and creativity, I hope he doesn't go medieval on that shit. Or I know point, you're I thinking of Sukiyaki Western Django that he made. Yeah. And we weren't thrilled with those. Just went a little bit... Yeah, we weren't too thrilled. But it I, wasn't I, terrible, but no, it was... Yeah. not at all. I hear tell that he's left this one to be more of a period piece. Mm-hmm. More realistic, which is all good. That's got me yeah. sewn up. Absolutely. Sleeping Beauty. Good, I'm glad you brought this up. Sleeping Beauty's not something on your list? Looks awful. I watched the trailer, I read the write-up. Yeah. Of the 150, it's like 140. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. I first heard about this one a little while ago when it was going to Cannes or just been decided to go to Cannes because it's an Aussie director or something like that. And then with it, I watched the trailer. The trailer hooked me, but the premise is like, there's this rich call girl network where you can hire um, girls to do rude things to them, I imagine. And the catch for this one is like, they knock them out or they're unconscious or asleep the entire time. And so these young girls sell themselves to these clients and they're passed out what the hell and then and the trailer shows them all posed and weird it was weird man it's like eyes wide shut but less kubrick <laughs> it looks really good and i'm but not she... just talking about pervenant girls it looked really good did it yeah presented by jane campion like the piano jane campion is she big enough to have like a tarantino presents type yeah i don't think so i think more like there's a female director in aussie who she's friends with and who helped her like a little helping hand oh yeah it's your sucker punch girl in the lead so i hear she looked pretty gorgeous in the trailer walking around in underwear and being asleep and shit it's just so weird is it semi-sci-fi what are they doing to her is it all erotic or are they the fuck good i hope you see it i'm definitely gonna see it then i can hear about it yeah there's no doubt being a cartoon animator, the animation section this year has got three. They always have their animation for kids section and their animation now section for the older people. Uh, this year they've got a third one from uh, animation school. Super Infocom. Yeah. I don't know which collection it is, but it's got the Gruffalo. I know the Gruffalo. I think it was up for an academy this year. Yeah. I'm at these collections every year to watch animated shorts on the big screen. It's heaven for me. How so. full are these screenings? I've never been to animation now or animation for kids, but who's in them? I don't know. They're not hugely full. There's like a hundred people sort of thing in each one. That's not bad. I don't know who it is, whether it's students or whatever, but in Melbourne, they do a week. They have like... Their animation fest. Yeah, it's like 28 collections. Yeah. <laughs> and then we sort of get the best of those and weed them out. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, year before last, I was over in Melbourne and they had all-you-can-eat option. Yeah, and I went to like 22 collections of 12 shorts each. Yeah. Oh. That's a lot of animation. So you're looking forward to those and maybe the student one. Uh, the other two I'm very excited about. The other one, I'll go and see what it's like. Mm. There's a ton of docos this year, and all of them interest me, because having a doco that's interesting is easy in the write-up. Ones that stand out were Bobby Fischer vs. The World, about that kid chess prodigy back in the day. Something like, I can't remember the title of it. And Shut Up Little Man, Timson's bringing that into us, and could be strange about those dudes, and I thought it was just about them recording their weird, loud, gay neighbour, but it turns out they started a whole thing on tape. But that's not the doco I wanted to talk about. I watched the trailer for page one inside the New York Times, which looked cool. It was all about how newspapers were in decline, and social media, and Twitter, and so forth are taken over and how the New York Times is carving out hundreds of journalists because their subscriptions are plummeting and how they're fighting back and one of the little things in the trailer was like oh you're right listen we don't we don't need the news anymore let's just cancel the journalists in part and just see what they write on Facebook not with the New York Times you know of course we're going to still be out there investigating but it looked really punchy and I quite like the look of it of all the dockers I'm going to three that's the one I've seen the trailer for and it definitely jumped out page one page one is that what it's called yeah it's a year in the life of two they took a crew in there for a year oh yeah is it is on your list 
list at all? No, I saw the trailer. I didn't see anything in it that interested me. That's yeah. the beauty of docos. I mean, you can choose to go to things that you know nothing about and be educated. I'm slightly interested in this. The trailer pulled me over the edge. Sure. Pulled me well over. As far as docos, the one I'm keenest because I'm a hip-hop dick. The Tribe Called Quest doco beats rhymes and life. Directed by Michael Rapport. Yeah. Uh, which is odd. I didn't know he... This might be his directorial debut or something, maybe. Possibly. I always liked his surname. Yeah. <laughs> I recall seeing him. What was it called, man? It was him and Ice Cube. It was a high school thing. Wow. No idea. And it might have been Neve Campbell as well. She was a lesbian. Anyway, this has got interviews with Beastie Boys and Busta Rhymes and Mary J. Blige and a whole thing about Native Tongues crew when they were with Jungle Brothers and De La Soul and that back in the day when they were all like a big collective. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And also it's quite interesting too because it's about Q-Tip, he's a bit of a control freak, and Fife Dog about how his extreme diabetes has really sort of interrupted with his career and stuff. So it sounds kind of interesting to me. Extreme diabetes. No, that's I made good. that phrase up. My cousin was into Tropical Quest before he was into Fuji's like back in 92. Or 93 sort of thing mm. and he was always man listen to these two and gave me a Tribe Called Quest album and a Fuji's album and I fell in love with one and not the other because it was bad or you were too busy loving on the other one quite possibly I've tried to get into them Tribe Called Quest never worked for me what was that I left my wallet in El Segundo, Segundo. that's really the only one I like yeah it's a good track I wasn't into hip hop when they were around sort of thing but I've sort of followed Q-Tips since then since they went their separate ways mm. he's real good so you can go and watch the making of the origin story yeah this nice. would be my primer one that you recommended to me to see in London out of the blue I was at the film fest you'd read the brochure and said bro you should go check out Dog 2 because you'd seen it that affected me so much that by that name alone I've got Attenberg circled to go and see what's the link between Dogtooth and Attenberg it's a producer producer only so that scares me because in my opinion producers don't bring enough of the film over I don't know how big the Greek film industry is but <laughs> just because he's worked on a good Greek film doesn't mean the next one's going to be great well do you call it a good Greek film are you asking me <laughs> anyway so the fact that Dogtooth's name was on it was enough for me to go and read the uh, write up about Attenberg and then read about it online somewhere as well just sounded as surreal and as bizarre as Dogtooth about a girl who's walking around the, she's like a bit of a village idiot or a loner and there's another girl who's a loner and they do some sexual experimentation on each other but like I don't think it's erotic it's more like the weird awkward scenes in Dogtooth yeah. and then there's something else brought in and she lives with her dad and that's how powerful Dogtooth was it's enough for me to want to see Attenberg I don't know how many people are going to see it if you're thinking oh Attenberg looks a bit weird and surreal and absurd fuck yes I hope it is I hope they go so far that it's another dog tooth I suppose I was wary of saying I saw a Greek film once it was fucked up Hopefully, when I watch the second one, it's just as fucked up. Normally, it wouldn't be enough. Dogtooth was so good that this is the one opportunity they've got to write from the producer. Even if it's terrible, it's still a 50-50 strike rate with Greek films. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> not counting anything to do with fat Greek weddings, which I haven't seen and which is not a Greek film. The Future is one I'm really looking forward to. Back in the day, like Back in the 2002 day. or some shit, uh, Miranda July, who's like a performance artist, installation artist sort of thing, she wrote, directed, and starred in a film called Me and You and Everyone We Know with our man John Hawkes who some people think might be Teardrop from Winter's Bone. Some people know him as... Soul Star from... Deadwood. But the cool kids know him as the guy from the gas station at the start of From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> if you think about that scene, it's him and son number one with fucking Tarantino and Clooney in a gas station with gunfights and flaming... Yeah, son number one. Isn't it Michael Parks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant James no. Parks. Sorry, no, I was quoting gotcha, him gotcha, not gotcha. describing his character. Yes, gotcha. My bad, my bad. So chuck those four in a shootout with a hostage in a bloody yeah. gas 
station. Man, what a scene indeed. <laughs> anyway, he was in me uniform. We know, geez, we went off track there. Yeah. That was Miranda July and John Hawkes. She just did one movie to try it out sort of thing and then went away. And I thought that film was brilliant. That film was pretty damn good. Six, seven, eight years later or something, she's come out with number two. That's mm. awesome. She's written, directed, and is lead acting in another film. This one's called The Future. Don't know anything about it. Don't care. That's Miranda beauty, July right? has yeah. made another film. I'm seeing it. That's the power of when someone does something really awesome. But John Hawkes has got a film in this year. Martha Marcy May Marlene. It's about a girl who escapes from a cult and her reacclimatizing to the real world. And it's the Olsen twins' little sister, who knew they had one, and John Hawkes, our mm. guy. So I'm pretty keen on that one as well. That's pretty good. This year there's a, a doco. I think it's a doco, but it's weird for the festival stop, actually. It's a doco. It's 3D. It's Werner Herzog. The most recent his I saw was that Steve Zahn Batman one where they're stuck in the jungle. It was something about Batman, yeah. It was the gist of it. And, um, Rescue Dawn. Rescue Dawn. That was really good. But he also did Grizzly Man, right? So is he a documentary director or is he a film director does he do both he used to be like a, a big epic director like david lean didn't he didn't he do all those ones with klaus kinski wrath of god and Fitzcarraldo and i know he's meant to be an angry director he's got the piss taken out of him in entourage they have a dude playing him and he's just screaming on his set <laughs> stellan skarsgård plays him actually really anyway he's gone to these caves in france where cavemen were drawing cave pinches i'm gonna use the word cave a lot it's called cave of forgotten dreams actually let's just get it out of the way right now <laughs> 3D works really well apparently, giving depth to the paintings and shit. And Werner Herzog doing another doco, you gotta assume he knows what he's doing. And he went into this cave with like all these expensive cameras and shot in low light somehow. Dunno, sounds fascinating. But the caves house the world's oldest drawings or something. Yeah, drawings of hunting scenes and shit like that, but from 10,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more than that. But apparently it's like really lingering um, 3D, so it's not gonna be like stuff jabbing in your eye and shit. It's gonna be putting you into this. Apparently these caves are like off limits or something. Like not many people have ever seen it. Yeah, this is a chance to see inside those caves, which sounds fascinating anyway, but then they give it to Werner Herzog, which mm. makes it sound even more fascinating. And then he's like, by the way, you fucking hacks, I'll show you how to use 3D, mm. which sounds even more fascinating. And I imagine he uses those exact words. But yeah. in that cool voice he's got. So that's on my seat at the very end of the fest list. Could be my number one 3D film of the year. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. I'm actually seeing the other one as well. There's a dance one, oh, yeah. 3D one. I'm basing this on nothing, but I once saw a 3D Cirque du Soleil movie, which was stunning. This is 3D and dance. <laughs> I'm going to. So the best that happens it comes out like that Cirque du Soleil one worst that happens you spend 10 bucks on it nice exactly Cold Fish is another one from the guy that made Love Exposure I don't know if anyone saw that mm. I think he's made a whole shit ton of movies I haven't seen that yet but that's the four and a half hour upskirt Japanese yeah about a, a kid who learns to be a ninja with a camera to like take upskirt shots four hours long Japanese psycho stuff it's totally great whenever I think of upskirt I think of mirrors on shoes but this wasn't about that it's ridiculous like he's got cameras on the end of yo-yos that he can ninja around and shoot two yo-yos in different ways which both go between two different girls legs as they're walking along and this is the new one yeah this is the next one that's all i know here's a couple of sentences i pulled from ants writer perverse chunk of black comedy horror nice blood drenched character study and bloody whirlpool <laughs> nicely done Ant. any write-up that it contains all three of those phrases i mean I'm, this, I'm going. this could possibly be my favorite bloody whirlpool film of the year i've got a real thing for japan and i watch anything that comes out of japan pretty much a couple of years ago i went along i don't know if they had them in new zealand but there was one called still walking it was a family drama about an extended family who get together because the eldest son died years ago and it's his anniversary or something how not interesting does that sound and there was another one called all around us 
terrible name, and it was about a guy who was a sketch artist in a court, and he was having relationship troubles. How terrible does that sound? Anyway, they were Japanese. I went and saw them both. They're both incredible films. If you ever get a chance to see Still Walking or All Around Us, Do go so. and see them. Awesome. Yeah. This year, we've got one called Norwegian Wood. Don't know what it's about. Don't care. It's a highly acclaimed Japanese art house piece. Yeah. And also, this one has the added benefit of, I know, the actors. That it's about a couple. The girl is Rinko from Babel and yep. Brothers Bloom. And, and the dude is Al from the Death Note movies. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What's it about? No idea. Fair enough, fair enough. Japan, yeah. Nicely done. Now, this is the year that I can knock off two black and white classics that I've been dying to get to. Fritz Lang's Metropolis which, correct me if I'm wrong, but always has the word Fritz Lang's in front of it. <laughs> there must be another bigger Metropolis or a, or a newer Metropolis or something. Or a, it was an anime yeah. in 2001. Fuck that noise. Fritz Lang's Metropolis from... Oh, man, Japan. Oh, sorry, my bad. From the <laughs> 20s or something, is it? Earlier? Yeah. One of the first films that did sci-fi well or something. I don't know why it's mm. famous and popular. I've seen a couple of stills from it, so I know that... Uh, yeah, I think he invented a lot of sci-fi ideas plus a lot of camera shit as well. Like, he made up effects. Yeah, exactly. So that's we're ticking that off this year. That's coming. That's exciting. But the one I'm really looking forward to is Nosferatu. They do one a year at the Civic with an orchestra doing the score. So a silent film with an orchestra accompaniment. It's incredible, man. I've seen Cat in the Canary, which was a horror. I've seen two comedy ones. Is that a horror? Yeah, they had a dude playing the theremin. They had the orchestra in the pit, but the theremin guy was like up a couple of steps so you could actually see him. (laughs) It was very cool. I was sitting in the guides. I bought my tickets like seconds before it sold out. (laughs) So I couldn't see the orchestra, but I could see theremin player. (laughs) Then went last year and saw those the Buster Keaton ones the Buster Keaton ones and the year before it wasn't the Buster Keaton it was the other guy Harold Lloyd ah cool cool yeah, and this year is, is Nosferatu, yeah. which is the 20s vampire movie. They didn't have the rights, so they couldn't call him vampire. They couldn't call him Dracula, so all the names are a bit different. <laughs> but the gist is the same. It's the traditional Dracula story where uh, there's a reporter from London that goes over and checks him out, and then he flees and goes back and takes his wife, and oh, it's meant to be fucking awesome. And who are the actors? I can't remember. Max Shrek. Yeah, something like that. Everybody says he's the world's greatest vampire, right? Nobody's ever been mm-hmm. able to play him better than him. Just because I like being circular, you know how I like coincidences. Mm. I think Werner Herzog remade it in 60s called Nosferatu the Vampire with Klaus Kinski playing Nosferatu. Wow. <laughs> Nicely done. That's going to be freaking awesome because that's a film that I really wanted to see that ends for a Saints Metropolis and they're both coming. I've seen Metropolis before. I think it was before my time. I wasn't appreciative enough then. Oh, yeah. Plus this has got heaps of extra footage as well and restored and shit so I definitely want to see it. Nosferatu I never saw but I saw Willem Dafoe play Nosferatu in the Shadow of the Vampire which is like a fictional making of Nosferatu where they hire the actor to play this vampire not realising that he actually is a vampire and he starts eating the crew something like that <laughs> I can't remember it wasn't a great movie Willem Dafoe is pretty good but yeah I'm really looking forward to both and a note for those of you who haven't been to these live orchestra things before um, because we're very seasoned a hint get in earlier because if you can't see the orchestra it's kind of not really worth it yeah if you can't see the people playing the big fucking kettle drums you might as well just be listening to a score so it's not worth paying extra yeah but still go don't get ahead of us (laughs) but get get in the rest of the plebs that's for sure I wonder if it tours do they do the silent thing anywhere else surely not the orchestra can't pack up and follow Nosferatu it must yeah, be an Auckland sure. only thing. Mm, good point. Sucks to be the rest of the country. <laughs> well, we're pretty much done here. I might start doing them a bit quicker if that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple I want to chuck out. The Kid with a Bike is a new film from the Dardenne Brothers, who I'm a huge fan of. They made uh, Rosetta, um, The Child, The Sun, The Promise, Lorna's Silence. They're festival favourites. They're Khan favourites. They win everything. They do these hugely neorealist things that are just incredible. Emotions like you've never seen before. And uh, Studio Ghibli have got another... Their animated one this year is Ariette. 
Shakti. I think that's how it's pronounced. I, mm. I used to watch The Borrowers. And then it's The Girl from The Borrowers. It's The Borrowers story, but told in animation. So I'll definitely drag myself and my Japanese girlfriend on to see that. Studio Ghibli never disappoint, even though I missed Ponyo and still haven't seen it. Mm. Don't take that as anything. That's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. A couple of hard-out Korean gangster things, which I, I always love. The Yellow Sea and The Man From Nowhere are coming. No idea about them, but they're apparently hard out. And they've got words like... Machiavellian mind games, twisted vendetta, high octane gunslinging, drug and organ trading, and wow. I love those things. Yeah, fair enough too. Space Battleship Yamoto. I don't know much about it other than it was a big anime or a popular anime. Has it been a movie or was it a series? It's an anime in the 70s. Right. Anyway, then they've spent nearly the entire GDP of Japan on turning it into a live action giant freakish masterpiece. Two hours, ten minutes of live action spaceship. That sounds intriguing. Even the name alone, this wins. Space Battleship Yamoto. This mm. wins. I did a bit of reading on it apparently it was an actual battleship Yamoto that like lost a big naval battle and the hearts of the Japanese sunk and so when they turned into an anime in the 80s everybody was like really behind it and shit mm -hmm. and so now that it's live action it yeah. should be good I don't know how long we've been making it but I think I got sent like a teaser for it like a year ago or something Airy sent it over from Japan saying can't believe it they're making Yamato into a thing <laughs> wow. told you the hearts of the Japanese are intricately yeah, linked to this they're excited Tell us about Meg's Cutoff, bro. It's the new one from Kelly Reichardt. She made Old Joy and Wendy and Lucy. I've never seen Old Joy, but Wendy and Lucy has made such a mark on me. I've seen it a couple of times and just cry with joy throughout. This one's Michelle Williams again. I'm not really sure, man. It's about settlers. It's about like pioneers. Yeah, like in the middle of America and they're looking for the ocean or something. The settlers, so they're, uh, the harshness of the wilderness. And yeah, it's another one that is, look, it's Kelly Reichardt. It's Michelle Williams. Fuck that, I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's bound to be awesome. Um, yeah, you can tell me about Hobo the Shotgun. <laughs> Hobo with a shotgun. I'm not sure I can. I know where it came from. Like, when he was making Grindhouse, and he's like, we're going to have a bunch of fake trailers in the middle. That's going to be awesome. And he gave one to his buddy, uh, Eli Roth. And he gave one to his buddy, uh, Rodriguez did whatever, Machete. Edgar Wright did Don't, and Rob Zombie did... Werewolf, Woman of the SS. Yeah, yeah, But this one was done as an online trailer competition, and he won it. Yeah. And now he's made a film of it. Rutger Hauer, who's been a lot of things, the blonde robot in Blade Runner, not Daryl Hannah. When I was young, I knew him as Blind Fury. Oh, totally blind. Fury, yeah, man. Before we knew Zatoichi was a thing, I thought it was Rutger Hauer made that up. <laughs> yeah, so you meet a Japanese person, they're like, oh, let me tell you about a movie with a blind guy whose stick is a... You're like, yeah, I've seen a Rutger Hauer, he's awesome. And they're like, go away. <laughs> Plus, I had Salute to the Jugger on VHS, had an embossed cover, and that was fucking cool, that movie. Nice, nice. But this one is about, simply, he's a hobo with mm -hmm. a shotgun. Why does he seek revenge? <laughs> no, that's it. That's the, aren't people harassing the hobos and he stands up and fights for them or something? Or something like that. Yeah, doesn't matter. It looks like hilarious, gore-soaked nonsense yep. about a hobo with a shotgun. Fuck yeah. We should almost just give a bit of praise out to Timson's incredibly strange section. Oh, yeah, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but most festivals don't get, like, they get a couple of genre or awesome, if you will, films peppered in. Mm. But because we live in Auckland, the same city that Ant Timson lives in, mm -hmm. and he's been pushing this shit since the 80s, he gets his own fucking section where he almost has blank check and does what he wants. Rattle those off. Troll Hunter, which is a, a mockumentary found footage thing about giant trolls running around Norway. Yeah, some kids are doing a film project. They go out to, like, study some illegal bear hunting or something and accidentally find there's these fucking giants. They're giants. Yeah, they're bigger than giants. They're like skyscrapers. I'm interested to see how these Norwegians do it because it's like, how has no one ever discovered these giants before? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Looks awesome. And Flatmate Pat is really into Last Circus, the violent clown Spanish... I watched the trailer. It was unsubbed. These clowns 
everything looks well shot and everything like great colors and everything and then halfway through the trailer it all of a sudden just turns into a like they pull a, out miniguns and gatling guns yeah. and start wasting and there's fucking clowns shooting everywhere and it's yeah yeah it looks bizarre it looks crazy all of the shit you get in the incredibly strange section you get those korean gangster films you get a bare knuckle boxing movie uh, an island a very misogynistic thing that's oh, very cool and timson we're lucky to have an entire section dedicated to him. absolutely che on fat's got a new one let the bullets fly no idea about that but it's Chow Yun Fat with guns I always like those things I'm such a sucker for Asian cinema there's a docker in there about that guy that has that weird sushi restaurant or that he's been the world's most famous sushi chef for ages I might go see that because it's a bit of a docker in Japan mm-hmm. but there's one with a Manawaka about the old footage of the Māori building a bunch of wakas nice um, so that's me I, I'm in love with old footage of Māori people so possibly take the fan out of that could do tell us about Project Nim dude because that sounds fascinating from the guy who made Man on Wire which I was a huge fan of from two festivals ago and he made such an exciting thriller of a doco about something that happened way back in the 70s he's doing it again this is about a chimp that got chucked in with a family as a science experiment i wonder what would happen if we took a baby chimp and raised it as a human it's all i know but i really trust the director sounds interesting i hear that there's two films this year by really popular actors and they've turned into the, is the directorial debut one's Paddy Considine doing Tyrannosaur, Tyrannosaur which looks like a gritty British angry film starring Peter Mullen which from Harry Potter and shit but I know him as uh, he was Joe in My Name is Joe which was awesome I haven't seen that but what's the other one? John Turturro's got one in there as well called Passion um, with an E I don't know if that means you pronounce it differently or now, it's got an E on the end most people know John Turturro as the guy from Transformers the agent <laughs> However, cool people know him as Jesus Quintana, man that freak can roll, from Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. So Jesus from Big Lebowski's directorial debut. That yeah. should be enough. It's apparently gorgeously filmed, set in Italy, and it's lots of musical interludes. Not a, a musical as such, but yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then there's two films right on the page, so I'll just them off right now, that have been winning awards all over the shit. Uh, Submarine won awards all over England, right? And Snowtown won awards all over Australia. Those really stand out, if you want more info. Now, Submarine's another actor turned director I think this is a debut it's, uh, I'm not familiar with the dude he's off the IT crowd but apparently a great comedian if you ask my sister oh is it a comedy no just checking calm down wanted to make sure you know I didn't want to accidentally enjoy myself in a cinema so there was a lot of films there man grab yourself a festival brochure you've got a couple of weeks before it's actually on and as we mentioned before a couple of times we're going to be doing rapid fire festival reviews nice and early so yeah boy Buy a 10 pass. At the very least, buy a 10 pass. They cost 110 bucks, which makes $11 a movie. Now, these are films you can't get anywhere else in the world priced about the same price as Cheap Tuesday for the shit films you can get anywhere. Yeah. So $10.50 to see the latest crap from Hollywood or $11 to see potentially the best film of your life. Yeah. You want to know what comes to the festival? You want to know what sort of films that come to the festival? Big Lebowski comes to the festival. Fargo comes to the festival. These are the films you find in the festival for $11. 50 cents more than mm. Green Lantern. Mm. If you jump back to our top 10 from 2010 quite a few of them were what we saw at the festival like The Killer Inside Me or Animal Kingdom or Winter's Bone you know stuff that we discovered at the festival yeah there's a tiny world of films out there that are made and then sold through Hollywood marketing dollar the rest of the fucking planet's movies your best bet to see them is that people have been doing this for years and years aka the film festival team scour the fucking planet watch everything they can filter it and then let us know what the best of the world is these are the best of the world of films coming to Auckland it's like a two week bracket in Auckland anyway 
anyway, it's pushed up to 21 days because of opening night, which is that new New York one from the dude who made Kaikoui Demolition. Yeah. And then it's got the three extra days because of the 3D ones. Yeah. Because of fucking Harry Potter. Go to Harry Potter. Actually, this is a perfect segue. I want to tell a couple of things quickly that are on this week. The Harry Potter, they're doing the oh, trilogy. Oh, it's oh. seven, man. They've split the last into two, so it fucks with the books and shit now. I don't like that. So it's seven, but the second one's two. It's eight films. It's, yeah, right, right, right. So right, anyway, right. they're playing them over each weekend. Uh, we're up to number, this week coming up will be number five. So we've got this thing where I think they look ridiculous. Not interested at all. The rest of the world disagrees. So I'm starting to think maybe I should catch up just so I can at least say, that. but why don't you like Harry Potter? And I can say, aha, because... Instead of listening to your other friends and go, well, I hear they're badly written. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those things will never sell. We'll see if they catch on. We'll if, see. Exactly. But you can be really cruel to the Harry Potter world because it got older and older and the books got more and more serious and the deaths increase and things like that as it gets older. Mm. So the first three movies, he's a preteen. Everything's about lollies. Oh, what are they, where do you get these lollies from? That's exciting. Oh, I heard there's a bad guy. Hope we don't run into him. Like, for example, the bad thing, the big thing they must kill at the first movie is like a spider. The second movie, it's a snake. By the time you get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and seventh movies, it's all adult things. Motherfuckers be killing motherfuckers. It's exciting and adulty and action-packed. Because yeah. I'm a completist, I'll come with you and watch number 7 v Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to have to watch the rest first. So in the next week or two, I'm going to catch up. Yeah. Because I'll go to the movies and see 5, 6, 7, and 7. So I'm going to have to watch the first four. Yeah. 1, 2, 3, and 4 is spiders, snakes, and bogeys, or whatever the fuck else scares children. And then it gets into real films. So watch those at home and then pish posh all over them. That won't matter. Right. Please use the word pish posh. <laughs> also uh, coming new this week is Ryan's Daughter. The latest David Lean film they're playing at Academy in the CBD under the library. And part of their David Lean season. This is uh, nice. 1970 film that runs for 195 minutes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Starring Robert Mitchum, who I love from Night of the Hunter, Out of the Past. He was the original Cape Fear before De Niro did it. This one, uh, IMDb says, set in the wake of the 1916 Easter Rising, a married woman in a small Irish village has an affair with a troubled British officer. Sounds boring, but it's Robert Mitchum. It's David Lean. It's three hours. Yeah. Of Gods and Men, uh, Capital's continuing its awesome run of picking up stuff no one else picked up, like The Illusionist, like that source code, Moon Double. Mm. The latest one is this week, they're picking up Of Gods and Men and no one else in Auckland has. Yeah, man, that was on my list to see at the World Cinema Showcase, but I never got around to it, about those priests that live in French Africa, something like that, and they're like a tiny pocket of Christianity surrounded by warring Muslims, basically, and like the Muslims start attacking them, maybe, so they turn the other cheek, and not only do they turn the cheek, but they aid them, like they're aiding the people attacking and killing them, because that's mm. the Christian thing to do. <laughs> wow. It's meant to be beautiful and haunting. Critically acclaimed monks at war, yeah, yeah, I like that. And Capital is roughly three minutes walk from my house, so. Oh, we dawdle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth one that's opening this week that is where most people will be is Transformers 3 Dark Side of the Moon. That's where all the movie money's going to go this week. Now this brings it once again, circular, I like circular, John Turturro. You going to see Transformers 3? <sighs> And you're obviously number one, yep. in my opinion. I thought it was terrible, but it had enough promise that, like, maybe he just fucked it up. Maybe he'll learn and do it right second time. Come on, Michael Bay. Number two was offensively bad. It was really upsetting. I loathed that film. It was my worst film of the year, by I, far. Did I email you that thing that out loud why it was bad? That was a really good read. Yeah. Yeah. That was the guy who interviewed himself? Yeah. That was incredible. When I walked out of that, I thought, A, they're never going to make a third because the whole world's going to hate this. Yeah. 
and B or two. Or B. I'll never if see it. If they do, if you're certainly not going to see it. That's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Because you're an now, adult and you can process what a shit film means. And yes. Why. Everyone is excited about these trailers. Everyone's going. Well, this is going to be good. I don't know, but. What I noticed is they've added to the cast. I haven't seen the trailer. No, I didn't mean it. I mean, the trailer doesn't show much from memory. But from the IMDb page... They took out Jew hating Megan Fox. Yep. They've replaced her with Margie. Oh, you're such a super lady. Hang on, Margie is in Frances McDormand. She's in it. Oh. John Malkovich. Holy shit, really? Alan Tudyk, who we know better as Tucker. Uh-huh. Leonard Nimoy. Really? <laughs> and uh, Ken Jeong, who's the chow from... Hangover, and uh, he was in Pineapple Express, knocked up, and the short angry guy. Yeah, short yeah. angry Chinese dude. Maybe I'm gonna have to see. Don't this fucking kid yourself. You're gonna see it. I might have to. You're going. It's a moot point. You're going, and I'm not. But I put my foot down two years ago and said I'm not going. Yeah, but mm. you, you know. You're going. I also, hope you do go see it. I'd love to interview you because I'm not going to see it. So it'll be awesome. You better tell me about it, whether or not you were right to go. If I go. Yeah, which you will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know what we'd be talking about next week. We haven't seen Green Lantern, Cars 2, Cedar Rapids, Bad Teacher. But we might be talking about Sancho the Bailiff. Yeah. The one that's on at Film Society. No point talking about it because you've missed it already, audience. Dr. Javago may mention, but the two we might be talking about mainly next week, beginning of the Great Revival, which is the big Chinese one celebrating the 90th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party starring every Chinese actor ever like Chow Yun-Fat, John Woo, Andy Lau. Everyone, yep, with a bit of yep. history thrown in, which or sounds good. Or My Evenings with Marguerite is still on with Gerard Depardieu from the writer and director of Conversations with My Gardener. Pretty much the best film ever made. Conversations, not Marguerite, because we haven't seen it. Yeah, but actually if you're listening to me now and you're bored and you're thinking, oh, I should go to the video store and get a random French movie I've never heard of, go get Conversations with My Gardener and then cry into your whatever you're eating. Fucking Conversations with my garden is so good. Yeah, it was better than Transformers 2. And on that note, I'm going to get on my bike and go and see Dr. Zhivago. And I'm not, because, you know, I don't like those David Lean films. <laughs> Can you pay for me, though? <laughs> okay, see ya. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. Ciao. Howdy. Yeah,